Once again, I remind you, I am a uh, former Roman Catholic. Uh, as I speak this message to you now, uh, just uh, yesterday, we're talking um, September 4th, 2016. We had uh, the Roman Catholic Pope Francis creating or canonizing another man-made saint. So uh, I want you to understand something that this whole thing regarding the creation of Roman Catholic saints by the Pope and the Vatican machine, it has nothing to do with the true and living God. It has nothing to do, uh, ladies and gentlemen, with biblical Christianity. First of all, Pope Francis himself, he's, he's diametrically opposed to Almighty God because he runs around the world and he carries the title of Holy Father with him. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ himself made it very clear, Matthew 23 and 9, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. So folks, this man is uh, opposed to the very words of Jesus Christ. He's, he's taken the word of God uh, very lightly, uh, to say the least. So uh, keep in mind what the Lord said. Uh, let me repeat what the Lord said. Uh, this is Jesus Christ who spoke these words. He's the creator of all things. He said, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. So I, I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that the way of... Uh, the biblical way of becoming a saint is diametrically opposed to the Roman Catholic way of becoming a saint. Now, uh, as I said, he made Mother Teresa a saint. This is a Roman Catholic saint. Now listen to, uh, this is a quote uh, concerning Mother Teresa. This, this is what she said. If coming face to face with God, we accept him in our lives, then we become a better Hindu, a better Muslim, a better Catholic, a better whatever we are. What God is in your mind, you must accept. Now, that's from a book uh, called Mother Teresa, Her People and Her Work by Harper and Rowe, 1976, page 156. That was written by a man, uh, Desmond Doig. I believe it's a man. Uh, that's the name. Uh, okay, so... I want you to see something here, folks. She makes a statement uh, that w whatever God is in your mind, you must accept that. You make a person a better Hindu, a better Muslim, a better Catholic, a better whatever they are. Now, that's obviously not the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, listen to, uh, these are some quotes from the Quran. Now, this is the, what the Muslims believe, okay? Uh, listen to what they say. The Messiah, Jesus, the son of Mary, was no more than God's apostle. God is but one God. God forbid that he should have a son. Now that's from 4 semicolon 171. I believe that's the, like a scripture verse from the Quran, I guess you would call it. Uh, I don't read the Quran, so I wouldn't know. Here's another one. Those who say the Lord of mercy has begotten a son preach a monstrous falsehood at which the very heavens might crack. My, oh, my. Another one. God forbid that he himself should beget a son. That's in 19, uh, colon 29. Another one. Praise be to God who has never begotten a son, who has no partner in his kingdom. At 17, colon 111. Incredible stuff. Oh, so, so, 
listen to that, folks. God forbid that he should have a son. That's from the Quran. So, so here's this lady, Mother Teresa, uh, saying that she uh, makes them a better Hindu, a better Muslim, a better a, a better Catholic, a better whatever they are. So, uh, folks, did Mother Teresa preach the gospel? Absolutely not. Listen, the real Jesus Christ made it very clear that salvation was found in him alone. He made it clear that those who believe in him would be saved, those who didn't would be damned. Now keep in mind that Jesus Christ created all things. Read John 1 uh, verses 1 to 3, Genesis 1 and 1, Isaiah 44 and 24. He is the one who's going to judge us, ladies and gentlemen, on judgment day. So who do you believe? Do you believe Mother Teresa or do you believe the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, I break it down this way so you get a better understanding because what is taking place, folks, in the world today, uh, this is Roman Catholic propaganda. And you're not going to hear this in your uh, your church. Let me tell you, the, the church is basically gone as far as compromising with Rome. I mean, they work hand in hand with Rome. I became a Christian in um, 1989. And in just uh, the time of uh, from the then 89 to now, what I've seen as far as compromise with Rome, it is incredible. I mean, unbelievable stuff. Think of the martyrs that, that gave their lives and compare it to what you see happening in the church today. And, and people will still say, oh, we're in fire. We're in fire for God. Oh, folks, don't buy it. You, 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 you're, you're sitting on the propaganda. Now, the word propaganda, ladies and gentlemen, it's defined as follows, the systematic propagation of a doctrine or cause or of information reflecting the views and interests of those advocating such a doctrine or cause. That's from the uh, Free Dictionary. So uh, what you see taking place, folks, is nothing but Roman Catholic propaganda. Mother Teresa did not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ at all because she was raised up in a system that preaches a counterfeit gospel. Now the propaganda machine of Rome is as vibrant as it has always been. The current Pope Francis, he's constantly, ladies and gentlemen, in the headlines, you know, holding up little children, laying hands on them. And this is what you saw with all the previous uh, popes. Don't be fooled by that, folks. Keep in mind, I speak to you as a former Roman Catholic. Do not be fooled. Now, remember the recent trip that Pope Francis made to Mexico. Now, here, think about all the millions of dollars that are spent uh, for these trips. I mean, it's incredible. The, the overtime, police overtime, you name it. Uh, wherever this man goes around the world, okay? He went to uh, Mexico, and one of the places he visited in Mexico, Chiapas, Mexico, in that very same town, ladies and gentlemen, while he's riding around in his little mobile and being adored by millions, there were true born-again believers, many of them former Roman Catholics, converted to Jesus Christ. They were truly saved, born again of the Spirit. And, and you, know, you know what happened? A lot of them were meeting in their own homes. And uh, the, the local officials... Uh, they, they told the people they couldn't do that anymore. And they, uh, they decided that those people would convert to Roman Catholicism. The people refused. You know what happened? They confiscated their goods, their property, and their land, and many of them were tossed into jail. That's the truth. And you don't hear a word about this in, in, in the major media, folks. 
Uh, I didn't hear a peep out of the Pope. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. This is going on, folks. And, and you need to be prepared because the propaganda machine is in full gear. Uh, don't, 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 don't think you're going to slide by this this time. It, it is not going to happen anymore. You know, God has allowed so much as far as this compromise goes. It's about to reach a, a pitch. I'm telling you, folks, it, it's, it's unbelievable what is happening in the land. So there's no question at all, ladies and gentlemen, that Mother Teresa was a universalist. So she believed what God is in your mind, you must Except now, did Mother Teresa tell the people who were near death on the streets of India that Jesus Christ was the only way to heaven? Did she tell them that they were going to die in their sins without Christ? She wasn't doing that. She was converting them to be a better Muslim, a better Hindu, a better whatever. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. L listen to what Jesus himself said. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. His Father's in heaven, folks. If you want to go to heaven, you must come through Jesus Christ. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said, a Jewish man who was converted to Christ. He said, for there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus Incredible stuff. Listen to what Jesus said after he rose from the dead. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Can it be any clearer? Can it be any clearer than that? Here's the one, creator of all things, comes down from heaven, God in the flesh, the purpose of his coming into this world to die for us, that we might all uh, have the opportunity to be saved and go to heaven. Okay, we deserve nothing but hell. I mean, think about that. So here, he, he's given you uh, grand information, ladies and gentlemen, and, and now they kill him, and he gets back up from the dead, and he preaches and says, look, this is the deal. The believer, you will be saved. The unbeliever, you will be damned. Could it be any clearer? So, so I bring this to you, folks. You know, I I'm just using this as an antidote to the propaganda that is going on all over the place. It has infiltrated the churches, folks. You're not going to hear this in most churches, okay? That's why I'm telling you. Okay, Acts four ten to twelve. Here's Peter. Now, think about this for a minute. The the Catholic Church claims him as their first pope. And here's what he says. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. I mean, once again, Again, there's no other name by uh, which a person might be saved for Jew or Gentile. That's not what Mother Teresa was preaching, folks. Do, do you, are you starting to get a glimpse into what is uh, happening here, folks? Incredible. So there's no other way uh, for a person to be saved. Now, think about Billy Graham, the well-known evangelist Billy Graham. He's been working with the Church of Rome since the 1950s. In fact, he uses Roman Catholics as altar workers at his crusades. Is, is that incredible? 
unbelievable stuff. Now, if a Catholic responds to the altar call, they're sent back to the Catholic Church. If, if a Jewish person responds to the altar call, they're sent back to the Jewish synagogue. Do the research yourself. That's that's the truth. So, uh, you know, there was a book, uh, Halley's Bible Handbook, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and it had a whole section in that uh, book near the rear of it. I have several different copies of that book, and it was it, it exposed the wickedness of the Roman Catholic system. And you know what happened? The Graham organization, the Graham Ministry, they purchased the rights to that book. And in the Crusade edition of an early uh, Crusade back in the early sixties, uh, the, they removed that whole section from that book. I, in fact, I have a copy of that Crusade edition myself. I, I bought it just to see if it was true, and it was true. Uh, it's sickening, folks. When you read that section about the, what, what goes on in Rome, what went on in Rome at that time, you could see why people might not want it in there. Now, I want you to think about something, folks. The teachings, the doctrines of the Roman Catholic system have not changed one drop from that time of that gross wickedness. Don't ever forget that. The doctrines remain exactly the same. What, what took place at Vatican II, you know, people think things change. You know, that was just surface changes. The doctrines remain the same, including 100 curses from the Council of Trent approved, upheld by Vatican II against people like myself who do not believe their doctrines, including the doctrine of the Mass that they say satisfies the justice of God. If you do not believe that that, uh, that wafer host, which the, the priest consecrates at a Mass, it becomes the Eucharist, okay? A consecrated host. They believe that that is Jesus Christ. If you don't believe that, you're under a curse. In fact, that's what the martyrs were fighting against. That was one of the main doctrines that they said, no way. And, and they were asked, right as they're about to burn them at the stake, do you believe that this is Jesus Christ? And they would say, no, that's just a symbol of the death. I'm remembering the death of Jesus Christ, which Christians believe. That's when they murdered them, they killed them. Not to mention the extreme torture that these men and women went through, folks. They are the true heroes of the faith. So, now, here's a quote, in fact, from... Uh, Billy Graham, one of his crusades soon after uh, Mother Teresa died. Listen to this. When Mother Teresa died, the only thing she owned was rosary beads, was her rosary beads and the simple clothing that she wore. But one writer said of her, she took a vow of poverty and became fabulously wealthy in the ways that really matter. She's wealthy in the next world. That was from a San Francisco Bay Area crusade uh, 1997 television broadcast speaker Billy Graham, the topic, the value of a soul. Oh boy. The value of a soul, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me as a former Roman Catholic. I appreciate the value of a soul. That's why I'm doing a broadcast like this. The value of a soul to get right with God his way, not the Catholic way, okay? The Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, delivered me from that system, folks. So uh, if you want to talk about the value of a soul, uh, get the true gospel. So it won't be long, folks, before you see people praying uh, to Mother Teresa. Right now, You can gar it's guaranteed that people are praying to her uh, without question. So... You know, another thing you need to know, folks, you know, I, I heard a report. They said some lady uh, from a remote village, I think it was in India, uh, made a claim 
that uh, she was healed. And that was the miracle that, that, that pushed Mother Teresa to be a saint and, and spoke about some type of a, a metal being placed on her body. And that's when she got healed. So, you know, when you talk about all of these things, the, the, the crucifixes, the, the statues and all of this other stuff, nothing but idolatry. And that's what the Lord set me free from. So, you know, I bring up once again, a second commandment uh, was removed <laughs> from the Catholic catechism. Uh, and you say, how could that be? How do you remove, remove a commandment? Uh, the, the, the true commandment, let, let me read it to you folks. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verses 4 to 6. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is heaven, in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And what would they do? You know, they, they took that one out and they slid the other ones down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the third one, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That's what I learned growing up as a, a young Catholic man. And um, you say, well, what happened? There's only nine left. You know what they did? They took the Tenth Commandment. Here's the real Tenth Commandment. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. They took that commandment and made two commandments out of that. And that's what I grew up with. And here's their, their Ten Commandments, 9 and 10. Number 9, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Number 10, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. So so there you have um, how they did it. This is propaganda. You know, I'm telling you this for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. You know, the creation of these man-made saints... Uh, you got patron saints. I mean, there are, there are dozens uh, upon dozens. Uh, you name it. You, they got. I think they have a patron saint for for beer drinkers. Uh, you got people buying all sorts of trinkets, metal, beads. You're talking millions, countless billions of dollars. I should say, folks that have been made over the centuries by this type of thing. And, and I make you aware of this. Once again, I speak as a former Roman Catholic. In fact, the more I teach these things uh, inside as I'm speaking, I am so grateful that the Lord showed me mercy. I've been born again of the Spirit. I know that I have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. I know that I've been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, folks. I don't have to go to daily mass. I don't have to go to Sunday mass to have a Roman Catholic priest whom they call Father. So you get the Holy Father in Rome, and then each priest, each local priest, is addressed as Father. I would go to confession, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been so many weeks since my last confession. I don't have to do that, folks. When I was saved, that stopped on a dime. Glory to God. So I, I, I'm telling you this for a reason, folks. Your pastor, in fact, many pastors who are former Roman Catholics will not even tell you this stuff, folks. I'm telling you. They, they won't even utter a peep. So these man-made saints, ladies and gentlemen, nothing but man-made Roman Catholic tradition has nothing to do with how a person becomes a saint in the sight 
of Almighty God. Now, this is, how do you become a saint? Let me tell you, every true Christian who's been saved, who's been born again of the Spirit, in the sight of God, they're a saint. They're a child of God. That's what, that's what they are. So, so they are children of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they are just addressed as saints. So, so what happens because of this propaganda, when, a, when, the, when the word saint is used, okay, when the word saint is used, people have this thing like it's only reserved for people who do this type of uh, all these great things and great works and his great men. No, that's, that's, as I said, propaganda, man-made tradition. Nothing more. Nothing more than that. That's all it is. So, so here, let, let's take a look at some uh, scripture passages of where that word saint is used. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. So we see how Paul assigned the title saint to all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you've been born again of the Spirit, you've been uh, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, as they say, and you do, you do call upon the name of the Lord. I say hello to you, saint. You're a saint. Whether you be a woman or man, sister. Yeah. Praise God, you're my sister. Hey, you're a saint. Glory to God. So, so that's how you, you know, and if you're not saved, folks, you know, before you're, you can, you know, you can call upon the Lord right now before this message ends. Hear me. You can become a child of God and you can be a saint in the sight of God. That's the God's honest truth. I'm not trying to be funny here, folks. That is the God's honest truth. You know what goes on in your heart, and you know that you are lost. You, you, you just know that something's not right. You can say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Wash me. Save my soul. Do it in your own words. And, and folks, the instant, hear me now, that you are saved, you're born again of the Spirit, you're regenerated uh, by the power of of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go around beating, you know, the, 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 some priests, they, they used to, uh, it's called flagellation. They beat themselves, put rocks in their shoes. They, they, they try to punish themselves, uh, trying to do something to get, they know something's wrong in the heart. They try to get right with God. Folks, it's, it's, it's humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Save my soul. Have mercy upon me. Uh, that's all that is. So we, we see, uh, that's a, a beautiful thing. So let, let's see another scripture. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So we're, we're blessed in Christ. We're blessed in heavenly places, folks, simply because we're, we're believers. We've been saved. So once again, Paul, he refers to the living believers as saints. He says to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So who's he talking about? Christians, folks. It's that simple. 
And don't forget this guy, Paul. He was a tyrant. Uh, you look in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. He was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He was a murderer. This guy was a murderer. But thank God, you know, I take great hope just reading stuff like this because if God is merciful to a man like that, then he can be merciful to people like me and you. That's, that's good, folks. You know, no matter who you are, no matter what you piss, he can save your soul. So, he, so here you have this former murderer preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and writing letters to other believers whom he calls saints. That's simple. So my, my word for you today is hop in, folks. Become a saint. Get saved. Become a child of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all... I'm trying to uh, say to you, in fact, this man, uh, Paul, he so appreciated his salvation. Listen to what he says here, 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So awesome. So here's this guy. He wrote more books than anybody else in the New Testament. And has he uh, addressed himself, referred to himself? He says, I'm the chief of sinners. That's powerful. Glory to God. He says, I'm the chief of sinners. This guy trained under uh, great teachers, folks. He knew the Hebrew scriptures inside, out, backside, forward. But you know something? He wasn't saved. Until that experience on the road to Damascus, this man, formerly called Saul, became Paul. Here's something else, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Galatians 1, 8, 9, this is the same Paul speaking. He says, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel, Unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. And, and that, that, that curse, ladies and gentlemen, applies to the counterfeit gospel of Roman Catholicism. So here's, a, here's this guy. He was on a highway to hell. He was shown the mercy of God. Romans 1, 16 and 17, same man speaking, Paul, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That man preached to, to Jew and Gentile. One message, folks. He let the Jew know they need Christ. He let the Gentile know they need Christ. That's not really being done today. You, you, you rarely hear a message addressed in churches uh, regarding the Jewish people and their need to be saved in the exact same way as a Gentile. Very rarely heard. Listen to what Jesus said, folks, as I get ready to close. John three sixteen to 18. Keep in mind, Jesus Christ is the speaker. Keep in mind, he's the creator of all things. Here he goes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish 
but of everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, now think about that for a minute. Let's get back to Mother Teresa here. She makes a, a, a person a better Hindu, a better Muslim. Hindus believe in millions of gods. I already showed you that the, the, the Muslims say, God forbid that God should have a son. I mean, think about that, folks. Do you still believe all religions will take you to heaven? God offers salvation to every man and woman on planet Earth. But here's the deal. You got to come through Jesus Christ. That's God's way. Offers you salvation. Think about that. So, here's Jesus makes it clear that the world through him might be saved. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, don't miss that, through him might be saved. Now watch this. He says, he that believes on him is not condemned. You're not condemned. If you have faith in the Lord, uh, you, you put your faith in him, you, you've been justified by his blood, you've been born again of the spirit, you know it. In fact, the Bible says the Holy Ghost will bear witness with our own spirit that we're a child of God. Now, Jesus said, if you don't believe in him, he says you're condemned already. Now, now, once again, go back to what Mother Teresa said. I make a person a better Muslim, a better Hindu, a better, whatever God is in your mind, that's, who, that's what you got to believe. That's not the gospel. That's some type of new age universalism, folks. Listen to the Apostle Paul as I close with this. For with the heart, Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek or the Gentile. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There, there it is, folks. Listener, whether you be Roman Catholic, uh, perhaps you're listening today and um, you, you might be riled up against me. That's okay. I, I haven't counted that before. I'm here to tell you, you, you can be saved. Uh, keep in mind, uh, I, I'm a former Roman Catholic. For whosoever, watch this, shall call upon the name of the Lord. You know what it is, folks? It's realizing, hey, I'm lost. Uh, you know that, that there are none righteous. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6.23. So the, what you earn in this life, folks, you, you, you do earn. The wages of your sin is death. You're spiritually dead right now as I speak to you. But, but here's the good news, folks, is that God offers you eternal life. He offers you everlasting life through his son, Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty for your sin. And, and, and you call upon the Lord and say, in your own words, but I can recommend, say, Lord, I want to be saved. Lord, I want this eternal life. Lord, I want this everlasting life. I don't want to go to hell. And here's another topic. Very few talk about it. You know, you mentioned hell. People walk the other. Oh, 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 I got, I got, oh, what did you say, hell? Hell. Read Luke chapter 
16, I, I believe it's verses 19 to 31. Hell, folks, torment, it's real. Okay, you know, people sugarcoat it, they'll call it a Christless eternity. You tell that to a person, they don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ to begin with. So you, if you tell them they're going to a Christless eternity, to them it's heaven. No, no, you, you, you just read the word of God, read the scripture, let the sword of the spirit do the job. That's why the Lord said uh, to, to go into all, uh, all the world and preach the gospel. You're preaching the word of God. There's the powers in the word. And, and, and that's where the church has gone off. They get into these, uh, these plays and these shows and you don't hear the word of God. You, you get a lot of fun. Uh, people go to church for fun. But you start preaching his word, folks. The way it's supposed to be preached, just preach the word. It's not my word. It's, it's God's word. Just preach the word. And you'll see revival. That's what you're going to do. Just preach the word to Jew and Gentile, to the Catholic. Tell the people the difference between what the Catholics believe and what the Christian believes. The scriptures versus the man-made religiosity, traditions, and the false gospel. And I'm going to leave it there, folks. And once again, I encourage you, be blessed in the Lord Jesus Christ.